Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. If I'm sounding a little bit more upbeat, well, hopefully I am, um, it's because it's been another fantastic day in Australian golf. This morning, we crowned another Australian winner in uh, in the tournament uh, that has had a lot of success for Australians over the journey. We might talk about some of the uh, great Australian victories at the players, and of course, it was our own Cameron Smith. The man with the mullet uh, just taking the chocolates today in a sensational round of golf. Let's talk about that. There's a few other things to talk about. I've got the guys on the other end. Uh, they're getting excited for um, the upcoming uh, off-site meeting. Yes, of course, it's a meeting. It's a business trip to Barnboogle. That's uh, coming up. Uh, let's bring them in. Magic Mike and the Rocket Man. Stay tuned. Happy Tuesday, good evening to both of you gentlemen. Uh, welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast uh, to you, uh, the Rocket Man. How are you up there in Queensland? Uh, I'm really good. A couple of southerly busters in and I'm... I'm jazzed. A couple of southerly busters in. Uh, for those of you that are just catching on, uh, every week we get some new listeners. Uh and I sort of, I don't want to make light heart of of, um, of the recent listeners that we re- received, but the, just to paint the picture, a lot of people ask me about listeners and downloads and how many's and all that, and and, and that's all you know irrelevant. But um, you do get a little map uh, when we look each week when we publish a podcast. It shows you where you've been listened to, and it shows you a map. And this week uh, we had some listeners from the Ukraine, so. For the people that have listened listened to the Mile Off of Golf podcast in U, the Ukraine, I just hope that uh, whatever whoever it was brought some level of levity to the situation that you're facing with over there, the terrible situation that you're facing over there. And, um, you know, like, share and subscribe. Um, but, yeah, I was blown away by when we saw the map and uh, we had five listeners in the, the Ukraine. Uh, rocket, you know, sending the, yeah, it's the right sort of rockets, as you said, Rocket. That's uh, it's um, appropriate that you are listening, being listened to over there. But um, yeah, anyway, that's uh, a little bit of housekeeping information, uh, Mike. I'm not sure if you saw that, but uh, yeah, Ukraine. Um, so there you go. Uh, but Rocket up there in Queensland, um, everything okay? Southerly Busters. Let's explain to everyone what a Southerly Buster is. Rockets been. Uh, I know you want to talk about, you know, you still are the reigning champion of uh, the Southerly Buster. So just let everyone remind everyone what a Southerly Buster is that you're two or three deep into it. You know, nine, 10, 9.55 on a Tuesday night, the day of the players finishing a day late, but uh, celebrating Cam Smith's win with a Southerly Buster or several. It is one of the best drinks you'll ever have after a nice warm day or a hot day on a golf course. I uh, first got the taste of it. Uh, playing one of these beautiful sandbelt courses. And uh, the southerly buster, you know, you think about just the wind. You have a northerly wind, you know, usually in, you know, summertime in Victoria, we get the northerlies all the time. So southerly buster is to just, you know, quench that thirst, you know, just like that nice, refreshing, cool, flavoursome drink. And that's what it is. And so I found the ingredients 
there's lots of different recipes online and, you know, I did do a bit of trial and error to just muck around with the ingredients to make sure I got it right, and I've pretty much nailed it. And uh, so much so, Mrs. Mrs. Rocket, she uh, she does like that drink, especially on one of those nice, warm, humid nights that we do get here. Uh, subtly Buster goes down like an absolute treat. So Hello. I can I can reveal some gr- ingredients. Uh, if you would, I just had a, an, another totally unscripted on this you know, on the script off the script idea. Uh, I've got another dozen golf balls over there to give away. Uh, just on a giveaway because I'm in a giveaway mode. Um, Dion, uh, great friend of the podcast, uh, great man of Victorian golf, uh, random golf um, aficionado. Uh, he was one of the people that I randomly drew um, with that without using the technology that uh, Mike Caretti used to draw Hammertow last week for the um, epic giveaway. Um, been in com- communication with Hammertow. Hammertow's from Brankston up there near Cessnock. Um, that was totally random, but uh, I'm very, very pumped that uh, the Hammertow man from Brankston, you know, sister city, uh, not, not not a sister city, but the adjoining city to Cessnock just down the road, um, That that's a little bit close to my heart, so it made me, made me very happy. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, Dion, yeah, gets a dozen balls because he correctly picked out that Mike and I, speaking of sawgrass, whacked five into the drink after an eagle and a birdie and other greatness on the 16, 17, 18 stretch. You can see that on YouTube. Thanks for the new YouTube. So we've cracked 140. We're getting closer to the 150 countdown where Mike yep. just fromages, fromages, many fromages to who I don't know what he's planning, but he's got fromage on tap uh, for 150. So. If you are the one fiftieth, maybe there's some fromage coming at you. Australia only. Um, fromage is tr- cheese. Um, that's French for cheese. Mike is the cheese guru. It's Pete Cheese Week in Mike's house every week. Um, but anyway, back to um, Dion. Dion guessed that we smacked five in the drink. Um, check it, check that video out at YouTube. More videos coming up. There's a cop that we maybe probably won't do a cop ahead because I'm not in the shop this week. Um, but we've got some more great videos coming. Once I work out how to use the sound, use a camera, all the things that someone who wants to be on YouTube should be able to use, um, we'll get to doing more videos and some more giveaways. But Rocket, um, I just had an idea, as I said. Southerly Buster, what are the ingredients? So you've got – I'll even go down to the, the actual measurements as well mm. for the uh, listeners. Public service announcement. So, so 30 mil of uh, whiskey. You could try brandy if you wanted to be a little bit sweeter, but just good old off-the-shelf Scotch whiskey. 15 mil of uh, white Curico, so the Vox Curico. Then you go 15 mil of lime syrup or lime cordial. Just get this Cotty's lime cordial, just 15 mils of that. You don't dilute it or anything like that. Then you've got uh, 10 mil of the, the bitters. Um, you can go get those from Dan's and places like that. The normal stuff they'll do it when you do a lemon lime bitters at a at a bar. Thirty mil of uh, dry ginger ale. Sometimes I'll do about forty five. Actually, I sort of tweak it a little bit. And then you just have a glass with a truckload of ice, and you just psst, there's there's at least two drinks in that for you. It's an absolute cracker, absolute cracker. Uh, if anyone, so the giveaway of um, I think there's another dozen, another dozen of. Uh, old logo tailor-made balls over there, um, just over there. You've got to be watching the video to see where I'm pointing. Uh, if you if you post a picture of your you, you know, just sharing a moment with a southerly buster, cheersing, cheersing the old rocket man this week, uh, we'll choose uh, the best picture and uh, someone will get a dozen TP5, no, they're not TP5s, uh, tailor-made tool responses, which are a urethane cover, 
tall cover but a softer compression so they suit more people than you think. Um, go straight, go f- spin spin low off the driver but still spin at the green. Uh, you can get some t- tailor-made uh, tall responses logoed with the model of golf logo. Pultz is a big repper of that on his putting green out the back. Um, so just send us a picture of the Southerly Buster. We'll reshare that. Yep, tag uh, me on Instagram and I won't respond. Uh, so you can tweet. If you want to rock it to respond, you've got to tweet it to um, at Rodney Heron. And on Twitter, you can find him there. He's everywhere, <laughs> politically politically commentating, golf commentating, um, whatever else he commentates. Everything. On. Yeah. Um, get ready to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, Mike, uh, how are you? Excellent, mate. Excellent. Mm. It, it does feel like – it doesn't feel like Tuesday. It doesn't feel like – well, we normally record Wednesday, but it doesn't feel like Wednesday either. It's all over the place with this public holiday and the golf finishing late and mm. – very yeah. weird. No, it, it doesn't take much to throw uh, the circadian rhythms out of whack. Uh, let me tell you that. Um, yeah, it was it was a bit um, it was a bit different to have a, a golf tournament finish on a Tuesday morning, but uh, so it, so be it. It is what it is, and um, well, it fell. The cards fell in the right favour for uh, young. Don't call me Cam. Cameron Smith. Um, he's the he's the don't call me Cam, isn't he? Or is that the other one? That's Cam Davis. Yeah. No, that's uh, Cameron Champ. Cameron Champ, don't call. Sorry, my yeah. Bad. Don't call me. Don't call me Cam. What what does what does what does our Aussie Cam go by? Is he is he just Cam? Cam. Cam. Just Cam. It's good Aussie lad. Yeah. Uh, there's a. Funnily enough, um, <laughs> uh, you know how I like to take credit for you know people that I've played golf with cracking a win. I don't know if I mentioned that. You know, Minwoo, George Campillo, etc. Uh, have mentioned that before. Once or twice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our good friend, uh, a former guest. And there's a few in the chamber ready to yeah, ready to uh, stand on the mate, dice. Mate, there is a couple that are firing pretty close, Grace Kim and uh, Brad uh, Kennedy. Um, our good friend of the podcast, Eric Anders Lang, who was on episode number 100 and something, uh, he had a podcast last week with Cameron. And uh, I saw Eric put a post out today saying, come on to the Eric Anders Lang show one week and then win the players the next week. So uh, following in our, in our footsteps, that's, that's quite a good 45-minute uh, you know, episode with Cam. Just, uh, you know, shows you how relaxed he is in his approach to not only his golf but more so his life. And I think that was probably, and he talked about it, an essential ingredient into um, seeing him through to get the tournament win. But seeing him through down the stretch, you know, like... What a what a round of golf it was in the end. Mm. Who want who wants to to hit us out with their sort of first pass overview of what the weekend was? Um, I can. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look. Well, you, well, I, you go, I, Mike. You go. Okay. Um, it was an interesting weekend. I think it's really really good that Cam won because he's a world class player. I think he's up to the top five or six in the world now after the win. Um, and I think as much as Anurban Lahiri winning would be a great story. It's probably not one for the ages. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think the way the weather shook out those first two rounds and the way that it really imbalanced the type of players that were left over, uh, it had a very weird-looking leaderboard. And I think that if it stayed like that, I think it was probably losing a little bit of juice. And I think by the final round, with a bit of cream rising, I think that that kind of really pepped the tournament up a bit. And, and someone like Cam winning... Was was perfect. Was absolutely perfect. Just to unpack what you've explained there for the people that didn't watch the whole load of the golf, 
like for example, take Herbie for example. You know, like I don't have the exact sort of numbers on it, but like he played two or three holes the first day, had to play yep. thirty four holes the second day, and yep. some ridiculous amount of you know ass about tournament yeah. golf, and was on the wrong side of the draw and all that sort of stuff. So just explain what what happened to you know. Yeah, like yeah. Th- there was definitely that right side and wrong side of the draw, very much definitely. So. So what happened? And, and and you're lucky because I have done the numbers. Yeah, um, well, that's why you, that's your job. <laughs> I, I just press the, re- I the data lake. That's why I get paid the, the big bucks. Record, record button, serious <laughs> stuff, numbers and figures. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, look, so, yeah, and, and it's quite often something that you'd see in the Open Championship. You know, people always talk about getting the bad side of the draw because you can, in the most basic of terms, obviously in the you play a morning, then an afternoon, or you do the afternoon in the morning. Now, if you get a really, really poor afternoon on a Friday, on a Thursday, and the people that played on that Thursday afternoon um, playing terrible weather, and then the next Friday morning is quite poor as well, but then it finds up in the afternoon, you get a bit of imbalance, and that's that's kind of what happened. So effectively, the morning group went out. It was choppy. They got held up, as we talked about on the pod last week. There was lots of lightning and thunder, so there was stop, start, stop, start. But there wasn't a super amount of wind. There was a bit of rain. It wasn't too crazy. But they kind of got through um, their first round in the bank and were home. That's when the likes of Herbie, uh, my pick Morikawa, and a few others, uh, JT, Keegan Bradley, all went out. And they were in not only poor weather for rain, but it was absolutely blowing a gale. So they copped terrible, terrible winds. And then by the time they finished that first, their first round on the Saturday, day. Yeah. yeah, they then, because they're due to go out in the morning, had to go straight back out yet again in the afternoon. So they copped two terrible, terrible bouts of weather. And as you said, Ross, Herbie, Herbie started on the, he was, I won't say he was lucky because he did cop all the bad weather, but he started on the back nine on day two. So he'd already got rid of playing. 17, 18, which were killing everybody. Um, and when you looked at the numbers, I think I, I sent there was a tweet that went out from the uh, PGA Tour. 71 players made the cut and only 27 of them came from the late early side of the of the wheel. But I went down deeper than that just for you two. Only nine of those, only nine guys that made the cut came from the late early that started on day one on the front nine. And so what um, that tells you is, the guys that had to go and play 17-18 twice on the Saturday, they ended up copying about a three-and-a-half, four-shot whack versus the field. Yeah, because that wasn't that the day that the um, 17th, um, they, they, they had it playing longer and they had um, – it was right into the teeth of that wind. Yep. That was the one where everyone was rinsing correct, it. Correct, yeah. So my boy Cole, our boy Cole, he rinsed two on the on that day because he had to play it for his first round and then again in his second round. So he rinsed it twice. Um, JT, I think, hit the green and he was the only person to hit a six iron in. Um, we're talking, it's 122 metres, 125 metres. Like it's not a big shot. Um, it was it was a bit nuts. And and when and I've written down some numbers to just give some sort of context to it and what I mean by. Um, at being the wrong side of the draw is that it gives you a great head start, right? So when you look at all the numbers, guys like um, Fleetwood had gone in early and he was sort of sitting at home relaxing and waiting to get out for his second round. So he had that head start. If you look at the guys of the nine players that went through, and I won't go through all of them, that were stuck on that bad side of the draw, it's actually amazing how many of them, once the weather evened out on their Sunday, so our Monday and Tuesday, uh, their Sunday and Monday, actually 
the cream rose. So if you look at someone like Keegan, right? So Keegan actually could quite rightly say he was robbed, right? Now, we all love Cam. Keegan Bradley, after he finished on 12 under, he was nine under for the final two rounds once once the weather had sort of cleared out. Um, and he was in that, that terrible part of the wave. Uh, Russell Henley was six under in the final two rounds. Kisner was 10 under. Um, Max Homer was six under. So all these guys, once the sort of weather sort of petered out and they could sort of just play golf, they really started to fly up the leaderboard. Uh, what side of the draw was um, DJ on? DJ was on that on that exactly the same draw. So he's finished ninth. He yeah, finished baby. at five under and he was seven under for the weekend, but he yeah. shot 10 under or nine under today. Nine under today. Nine under, nine under today. today. Hold under, out for, seven hold under out on the back nine. Correct. Well, he was so far back. He was on the he put he took on the ten. Side, yeah, yeah, so he'd hold out on nine for his last shot. Hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it, look, it's good and bad. It, it's just it's rubber the green stuff. Like there's nothing you can do. Like it's just the way it goes. Well, because it was real funny. It's like the first round was hilarious because this is again why Pat Perez is, can be a, a goofball, but at the same time, and it, quite funny because he was playing with Ian Poulter and. Well, when it was sort of getting to that, they've only got a certain amount of holes before they're going to call light. Yeah. And uh, I think he went up to Ian Poulter, who's not the fastest player on the planet, and just said, hurry up. I don't want to be coming back here tomorrow. I want a day off. Yep. And he explained to him what was going to happen with the weather. Yep. If we don't get in in time, we're going to be back here, like to play one or two holes on whatever Correct. day. And he's like, let's just race it. And so he got Ian Poulter rushing for like the last three holes. Well, Poulter ended up hitting one of the best shots he's ever hit into 17 to three and a half feet, jogged up. I don't even know how he stopped himself to get his heart rate back to a normal level to then make that putt. And then as soon as it went, like he literally went straight into his, his process, made the putt and then jogged over the bridge. The guys were still walking up to the green. He was standing over with his caddy on 18T waving it. I think it was Woodland that was just, you know, 100 metres down the fairway. So I'm hitting. And then- yeah, so it was like if he hits, that means the gr- it was almost like a little bit of a – Correct. It's like he gets ahead and then it's like you I, go. I, as long as someone's teed off in your off. group, you can yep. finish the hole no matter yep. – as long as it's not lightning and it's just yep. normal daylight. It's the just, funniest, just not the funniest off. part, but as soon as, as, as soon as Poulter stood up on 18 to sort of help everybody and he's rushed up there, exactly what you thought he might do with the – the little putt after running up, he just fanned it so far right. He probably cost himself two shots by not not uh, not getting his sleep in. But he got a day off. Correct, yeah. Oh, he got a, he would have got a full day off exactly because yeah. of that weather. Yeah, there was nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It. I think that the only other piece about it to sort of try and give people some context, the other tweet the PGA Tool Communications put out through thirty six holes, only Doug Gim, who was T eleven, the, the Gim Reaper, he was the only person from the, that side of the draw that was in the top um, 15. No one else was close. Everyone else was way out behind that. Yeah. It's just nothing you can do. Like, it's just but, the way it goes. But even, like, you, you look at the leaderboard after the end of the third round, you look at that top 15 and even the mid part of of the final round and you look at it and you just go, if it finishes now. Yeah. Nah. It wouldn't have been. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the whole she's a major, yeah. she's a major would get yes. blown up on the spot. Ah, exactly, exactly. And look, it was 
it, it, he was a massively deserving winner. He was absolutely bulletproof. He was terrible off the tee, but he's he's around the greens and his putting is hands down the best. He's, he's a freak, Cam Smith. Yeah. That's that, – well, is that was the first four? The first four holes out of the back nine when he went on that yeah. birdie run, 10, 11, 12, 13? I think through 13 he'd had one par. He'd had three bogeys, one par, and every other hole he'd birdied, which is crazy. crazy. I think he one-putted the last eight of the last nine or something like that. <laughs> he only had like a 100 and something putts for the week. Yeah. But I think <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a blade. And then the, the to have a two-shot lead standing on 17 and hit it right of the flag. That was like As soon as he hit it, I. He, yeah, he was, had to have been playing for it because yeah. I think they've done some stuff for the green. So you can actually, you saw, I think it was Lahiri shot. You can actually kind of hit a little bit left of that pin and it sort yeah, of funnels it down. down. Yeah. It used, uh, I think it used to be a little bit flatter in one of those spots. I, I agree. I don't remember it being that much, much behind the pot, but yeah, I think he was kind of going just on the pot, if not slightly right. And yeah. He probably wasn't going right of the flag. And I think he said he probably, he was he was going there, but he probably was trying to go up against the breeze a bit. wasn't quite there, but it was it was an unbelievable shot. It just literally reminded me so much of Ricky Fowler from whatever yep. it was twenty sixteen. It was was crazy. Yep. Just to yep. just to follow on from that, so I've just had an hour on uh, Zoom with Jamie and a heap of um, the Mental Mastery Clubhouse members, just the monthly or the weekly um, seminar that we do together. I, I just press the record button there as well, and Jamie talks. But uh, that topic came up and, you know, he basically sort of ran us through how, you know, he's got access to up game and all Herbie's stats and the sort of up game tracking stats that they all use. And basically he described that, you know, they, if he's got a nine iron, he knows his dispersion is, you know, 12 metres left of, left and, you know, six metres, is 12 metres in total, six metres left or right of the target. So, you know, basically, you know, you just orient yourself around that sort of target zone and you know that six metres is this way so then you've got a couple of outliers so you might leave a meter more for you know a slope or a sloping away from it and you know play to a certain point and then you know if your bad one's going to be there or thereabouts in that case it's going to be thereabouts right on on the target but yeah he seemed to sort of tell us that that's sort of how they orient themselves around that which leaves that margin for you know the bad shot especially when you're about to win a tournament yeah. Maybe, maybe unlike some of the players that we've seen on that hole that just laser it at it and they don't leave that margin. The margin six metres to the right, which is in the drink. Yeah. yeah I yep. think the data that they have. And, and 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 here's the thing is that you've got someone like Cam and this is a, you know, and you go back to the mental mastery and this is one of those things that you learn is that sometimes playing the aggressive shot is actually the safest shot. And it sounds counterintuitive because if you, if depending on how you're playing and how you're hitting it, it's all about are you committed to the shot? So if you play the more aggressive, you are you are forcing yourself to focus really hard on execution of that shot versus I'm trying to – it's like I need to hit it there versus I'm trying not to hit it in the water so you've got yourself another swing thought in your head. So all of a sudden do you start you, – you're trying to play to a safer spot. Let's say if he's playing in the middle of the green, does all of a sudden he start to steer it? All right, and his swing changes. All of a sudden, he chunks it, or he he, he hits a hosel rocket, or something like that. You know, the, yeah. the the margin of error changes the other way when you're playing, trying to play conservative. So it's one of those things that you learn over time, is that 
potentially the smartest play was him being aggressive because then he's able to focus on, I'm trying to execute that shot and yep. he's excluding all of the bad yeah. things. Narrows it down for him, for sure. Yeah. And the other one that, the, the other one, a big reason why he, I have no doubt he had such a good week is that what I sent you guys today, the strokes gained home life. Like, yeah, yeah, that was so good. I use that, I use that line that. a couple of times today. <laughs> it's so good. His family being there and seeing them for the first time in two years is massive. Same yeah. as when people have kids, you just see something in them change. Um, and just that, I don't know what, it's how like a mindset. It. It's just something that gives him that bit of extra. Um, and for him feeling he'd probably be proud, he'd be there knowing his mum's there, knowing his sister's there. It'll just give him something extra for sure. Well, the other thing as well, it's, it's the giving something extra, but at the same time, his mindset is, so you think about it, he leaves the golf course, he's going home and he's not thinking about his round. He's like, yeah. I'm spending time with my sister and my mum and my mum are getting to meet my girlfriend yeah. and spend time together and just chilling. 100%. Yeah. The other thing that he did, I don't know if you saw it earlier in the week. So apparently on Monday, he threw beers and pizzas for 30 of the caddies. No, I did read that today. Um, he had, uh, is it, uh, I can't remember his name. Um, um, it's one of the Australian caddies. Yeah. That man, yeah. And he said, yeah, this is what this is what he's like. He threw yeah, beer and pizza for 30 odd caddies. You know, so they, they usually scrimp and save. And how many pros are throwing their op- their house open to just yeah. a heap of caddies, right? No, it's and he has his parents there. So he's gone, he's gets, he's like, wakes up, right, I've got to get ready, go to the course, do my thing, play, leave. So he's not thinking about the round. He's not what, focused on what's happening. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's able to just sort of, yeah, it's, it's almost it's, helped it's a, him disconnect. It's a pressure release. It's, it's yeah. something there in it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Apart from just being a cool cat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That too. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's, that carries a bit of weight as well, just being a cool cool good dude. And he's one of a handful of guys that probably have that sort of ex-cool cat factor on their sides. You know, there's a handful. You could probably list them all, Rocket. But, you know, there's definitely something about having that sort of, you know, relaxed approach to, he's, to, he's to, the, to life he, and golf. He's the real golden boy. Yep. Uh, he's the he, real golden boy. Uh well, we staking the claim, so putting the stake in the ground now, and saying within eighteen months, two years, three years, we'll we'll win a major. Yeah, not this year because history history dictates that um, if you win the players, you're not likely to win a major that year. Okay. The last person to do it was um Kaima, twenty fourteen. Okay, that's a few years ago. Um, oh yeah, what are we going to say? Within two years, I would say within two years. He'll definitely. He'll definitely. We're giving out eight. Yeah, we're, giving I think out, so. we're only giving out eight. That's that's. I mean, look, could he win? Oh, he could. I think he could win one this yeah. year. Um, he's easily in the top five favourites now yeah. for the Masters in three weeks' time. Um, yeah, which he's played well at twice. Yeah. So yeah, no, he certainly can. Now, Mike, what? what you know, you, we we know that his um, tee game wasn't as strong as the other parts of his game. You know, and. You know, I was watching a little bit of it, and and uh, Brandel took us through where you can and can't miss. I'm not sure where he did and didn't miss, but there was a whole heap of, you know, left sides. Um, if you take the left side out of play, there's probably seven or eight, seven or eight holes that you know you don't want to go left. So if you're a left side avoider, uh, which is good, you know, what, what was what was wrong with his driving game? What what happened there? His biggest problems always. I mean, his strokes gain off the tee is probably the weakest part of his game, but it's not necessarily because he's not long, which is not long. He's not short, but he's not long. He just doesn't get in the fairway as much as he should. 
Um, he's not, not not massively accurate. No, no. So he's a he's a bit Jordan Spieth-ish. Right. Yeah. So he's I mean his driving accuracy is below to a standard. So he's you know we're talking 0.25 of a shot. So we're talking one shot over a tournament. Um, but that's not if you talk if you talk about his total driving, um, it it'd be pulled up a little bit. Um, because sorry, yeah, that's his his distance is just above and his his accuracy is just below. So he's right around average. But if you talk about his putting as a as an example of what he's better at, his putting's trending around, you know, nearly a shot ahead of uh, per round. Yeah, he's, above he, above to average. Yeah, he's if you think about what was the event that he um he botched where he, he sprayed his driver. Was it the end of last year, the one where he... Yeah, that was around COVID-ish times. I can't remember what it was, though. The one where he hit it out in the trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Again, that was like, I think he had the lead by a shot or he's tied for the lead and just yep. fans it out to the right in the junk and hits a terrible shot yep. trying to get out of the trees. So that, that'll be a... If his camp's looking at it thinking, right, we've just got to... We've just got to work on something to make sure that you know, coming down the stretch, you know, we we can clean up the driver just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So and, that, and, that, and or come up with a routine that if you're under pressure, I don't know, just hit a a, a big dirty cut. Yeah. That was going to be my question. You know, if you're the armchair coach at home, um, are you going to be saying, look, let's, let's just put a little bit of extra effort into um, – you know, this part of the game by learning that little, what are the numbers, get the track man, the GC quad, the full swing kit, whatever it is, get that out, look at what the numbers are on that slithery cut that's just uh, in play, maybe 20 less, but, uh, you know, you, you've got it in play. Are you, are you doing that? So basically, It's hard to say. I mean, it's so tricky because he's our best golfer in the world by miles, mm. right? He yeah. has He's gone off like a rocket ship in the last two years, right? And I don't disagree with you. You would, it, I would, I would one hundred percent agree. If he could just tweak that ball to be in play more often, you would think he'd be top three in the world, and he's going to win more. But right now, he's winning. You know, he's already won twice this year. Winning and contending, and, and but it's not about the trying to do it for eighteen holes. It's the, it's the if it starts to go a little bit yeah. s- sideways, the fallback. All of a sudden, go right. All I'm going to do now is just hit these dirty, dirty low cuts. I'm just going to hit dirty low cuts for the next nine holes just to get some confidence, get it back in the fairway. Well, his numbers then- his numbers this week, to put it in perspective, and I'll put it against, say, the Genesis last week, okay? So Genesis last week, he finished, or a couple of weeks ago, Feb, he finished 33rd this week, obviously he won, okay? The big difference is total strokes gained for the tournaments. He was plus 4.1 at the players, and he was plus 1.1 at the Genesis. The biggest difference, putting. He was plus three shots putting at the players and he was flat versus the field at the Genesis. He didn't have a putting week. Um, similar story at t- t- Tournament of Champions, which he won. He had a really, really good putting week, which drove his totals up. But the rest of it's just around the mark. And his biggest deficiency for the last two, the Genesis, Genesis and players, is still accuracy. Accuracy is the only part where he falls behind. He talked about feeling comfortable because it reminded him of uh, playing in Australia at TPC Sawgrass. Did that make yeah. sense to you, uh, any of you guys, Rocket? Did, was that? Yep. Yeah. Got to shape shots. Yep. Yeah, I've never Remember played I talked about the other week, it's like the left and right, you know, the holes that goes right to left, yep. the cambers left to right, vice versa. The greens aren't massive. 
lot of undulation and stuff like that. Um, and then there's a little bit of there's probably a little bit of Queensland in, in yeah, about it in terms of the say. temperature, right? Because uh, I think the grass there is Bermuda, and they do an over, overseed rye around about this time of the year. Yeah, I always think of Florida golf as similar to Queensland golf. Yeah, yeah, um, and and, that- and he lives around the corner, which never hurts either. Yeah, where, where what was Cam's uh, home course up there in Queensland? Was he a Capero, you know, or was he a Virginia, or was he what was he? Do you know? Don't know. Oh, I think he might have been an RQ boy. Okay. He was a country lad, but I think he ended up being in rural Queensland. I'll have a bit of that. A that does ring a bell, okay. actually, Rocket. Now you say that, but I, I think he went back there over the COVID break. I'm sure he was up there, and he did a few. I know Adam Scott did a few live games, but I'm I'm sure Cam did with his mate had a few games and had them uh, coming up on Instagram. Any other uh, noticeable uh, notable? Uh, Events from uh, the weekend. Kevin Kisner, he's one. Of, he's a favourite of yours, Rocket. You wouldn't mind seeing the kids up there uh, contending. Again, I'm I'm assuming he got on the right side of the draw, but at the same time, the conditions were perfect for him because it sort of negated the big hitters. He was someone that just shapes it around. He was on the poor side of the draw. He's on the well. poor side. Oh yeah. my god! So he so one thing as a person who had two. Two bets this week on players that both ended up on the wrong side of the draw and knowing they weren't going to be around for the weekend, I had a look at the players that were sitting in an okay position post their second round that had actually already had the worst conditions and he was one of them. And the, the bookies had him at about 150 to 1, so I had $10 oh, on him. So my God. I was hoping today that he might find some magic beans and he played very well. Like he still finished uh, fourth. Um, played very, very good golf but didn't quite get there. And I think... The other thing in my head was across all the talk that we'd had over the last little bit, talking about Ricky Fowler's win and how, you know, Kiz had, Kisner had missed a putt on the 72nd hole that could have won it in regulation. And I think that was kind of sticking there that he might have another good week this week as well. The Kiz. The uh, Kiz. Talking about Top Scots, we, we missed uh, talking about Top Scott. Um, we did. There's only two, I think. Oh, here, we, here we go, just to go back to Cam. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, Wantamar, so that must oh, yeah, Wantima. That's it. That's it. That's right. Wantima, yeah, yeah. And the, but then he was a member at RQ. Uh, I'm just trying to find the uh, message I got from my cousin Care Flanagan in uh, Scotland, who had some money on. Um, who was the top Scot this week, uh, Mike? Uh, Rusty. Rusty Runox <laughs> had some <laughs> had a couple of shekels on Rusty Knox to finish in uh, top whatever it was one to one to what did what did he finish no six t six yeah I think he had some money on one to nine um, mm. yeah. yeah they do that over there they have um, each way bets and normally pay down to nearly ten yeah so he had the one to ten and um, fantastic yeah, he got a few uh, a few uh, pounds uh, to pay for some green fees at um, Royal Craig and Tinney so he was very happy he was very happy to share. Perfect. Don't, don't forget the top Scott market for the uh, the, the listeners in Scotland. Um, come to see you in July on tour. Mile of Golf on tour. Uh, if you do want to see anything from Scotland, yeah, let me know. Uh, I don't know what it looks like, but uh, yeah, if you want to see something, let me know. I'll be happy to take a photo of it, take a video of it, and send it to you. Um, taking requests. That's official. Um, you going to Scotland, Mike? You're not going to the Open? No, sorry. No, not this year. No. Okay. No. Um. All right, anything else from uh, the players? No, nothing else. Not for me. I think, um, yeah, it ended up being, I think I think Cam was the saviour. 
from I think if he, like I said, if he hadn't have won, it would have been a bit of a week, a weak week. And you think about, you know, like, was it three, 3.6 mil first prize? Um, the five-year exemption on tour, he gets an exemption for the next three years into all the majors. Although well, you expect him to probably quarter qualify being in the top 50 in the world, but it guarantees him. Um, what else? There are a couple of other things as well. I don't know maybe a lifetime access to the hundred meeting rooms at the um, at the headquarters of the Sith Lords of Pontevedra in the Death Star. The flag stays up for twelve months on the driving range. They told him, yeah, <laughs> like, like it. it was fan- like some amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I actually think I, I, I was looking. I watched the trophy ceremony, and then I look at the leaderboard, and I reckon they must have been thinking, "Thank God, little golden boy Cam won," because at least. Like he's an actual, not 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 to denigrate anyone else, but if you go back to your point right at the start, Mike, it's like the, you know, are they going to be thinking the same if it was like Paul Casey, or or even no, you know, no even though I love Kiz, you know, is it Kevin Kevin Kisner? No, 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 no. I'm with you. They need the hometown boy Cam. It's funny you mentioned the three point six million first prize because two of our tipsters this week picked. Cam Smith and no. got the full three point six million. Uh, who? who? I, know, I know. I know both of them. I know. Mitchell Lloyd and the Golf Labyrinth. I don't know who the Golf Labyrinth is. Uh, one of our listeners from uh, New South Wales Golf Club. Uh, mm. Golf Labyrinth. He's, he's come from out of the labyrinth and gone. Ha ha! Very much so. Very good get. Uh, shares shares a passion for golf photography. Uh, if you follow the Golf Labyrinth on Instagram, it's, uh, he's got a lovely account. There were some great golf photos. Um, so shares a passion for golf photography. We had a game of golf together in uh, Christmas New Year. A group of New South Wales members came down and uh, I joined them. Uh, a couple of them are already new, but uh, the Golf Labyrinth was uh, one of those. And Michael Lloyd, um, on the other end of the spectrum, one of the loyal uh, members down at uh, Albert Park, uh, Park Albert Golf Club. Uh, absolute Scotty Cameron nut. Um, golf nut, new, newish golfer, you know, of, of, of recent years. Uh, he and his partner Kelly are just wonderful um, frequenters of uh, Drummer Golf Melbourne. I played uh, Albert Park last week. There you, there you go. But Michael, yeah. uh, Michael Lloyd, um, if you want any painting done, um, hit us up and I'll pay, pass your uh, details on to Michael Lloyd because he's a great painter uh, with his partner Kelly. Uh, but just, bef- a, just a golf nut, just a golf nut. And well done. So well done to both of you guys uh, for yes. picking, picking uh, Cam. the cam. And before you ask, uh, the two of you got $41,000 from Herbie finishing 68. Yeah, and what? my stock standard, Colin Morikawa, got nothing. Mate, he, you can't. He, sorry, you go, Rocket. Herb, Herbie broke my heart. Those triples and those doubles. Yeah. Oh. It's all right. It's, uh, it, oh. it was literally par for the course. And it's the par fives. It was the par fives. Oh, I think I counted up. I think he was like over par on the par fives, like not a little bit. I think it was yeah. like three or four over par on the par fives of the week. And what did he finish? Even? He, he had a pretty bad day. To, um, yeah, today was stinker. His weekend was it cooked him. He finished seven over on the weekend. So the numbers, numbers I talked about before were the guys that went north, he went south. So he, he finished seven under yeah, and was seven over on the weekend. I reckon he would have been tired. So what did he finish? Yeah, that, and that's the thing. It, they would go. have been knackered by the end of it. Yeah, Yeah. so he finished plus seven, plus four. So let's say you remove – he was three over. 
three over going into to the final round. But the thing is, though, you know, he's he's had two triples on on it's two triples, and I think he's doubled a couple of other holes. And, and this is before the Sunday round. And in the par fives, he was playing like he playing him like I would when I haven't played for like three months. He did do exactly what you said he would do, though. Right when the it was hitting the fan, he was actually staying quite steady. He didn't. Yeah. He wasn't on the. He wasn't on the 16, 17, 18, But he was making the pars he needed to make, and he was yep. really hanging on and doing very. I don't well. know what it is with him and him and the, like the shitest weather, except for that time when he was the as the Irish Open. Was it Irish? No, Scottish. The Scottish where he was leading and that weather was just horrendous and he shot like 80 or whatever it was and then come back and shot 64 the next day. But it, yeah, it was a different uh, it was a different Herbie then. Um he, he was in a, yeah. he was he wasn't in the same his mindset. No, I don't know. Well, I had to put it, you know, I don't want to speak on his behalf, sound like I am, that's not true. But I just I remember that moment when that round went sort of south. He got a bad break on the par three which runs away from the clubhouse at Renaissance and he hit a great shot and it ran off and, you know, I don't think he made a part and it made a pie, made a bogey and it just went downhill from there, but he bounced back the next day and, um, anyway, yeah, but Herbie, 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 he'll win, he'll win again. It's very soon. And then, and then I'm still going to leaderboard again. I know we're still hanging on this one, but you know, Bubba, who was actually near the top of the leaderboard at kind of the halfway mark, (laughs) it's finished like, I think there's only there's only two players that made didn't make bogey on round two. It was JT and Bubba, and then Bubba came out and went. JT surprised the hell out of me for that weekend. Like his second round in that those conditions was like something else. And like you know, and that's why I was asking you guys. You know, you know, let's dive into the data on on what JT's ball striking because. I remember back to at least a few masters ago when I talk about his ball striking and it's it's not not that flash, but he's obviously done you know the partnership or the friendship or the broship with um with Tiger is paying dividends because like for example that shot he hit on sixteen if that was JT three years ago he wouldn't have been able to hit that shot. He, there's no way he, he he was never able to flight his golf ball three years ago. And what he did on 17 with that six iron was uh, that's something Tiger would do. It's like, all right, I'm just going to chuck down this little six, hit a little bit of a cut on it and just hit a little laser under the, under the wind. Oh, yeah, he, was the only, he was the only one that hit it. No one else hit it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a beautiful shot. But, yeah, and it's like his ball striking was off the charts. So he's obviously worked on it and improved it so – you know, maybe improves his chances when it comes to the big stuff again. Mm, definitely. Um, so, question: Will Cameron be Australia's greatest modern golfer, golfer of the modern era? Is he? Will he become and be known? Yeah. You know, when we're doing episode seven hundred and seventy-five, will he be the greatest modern era golfer that Australia's produced? When when does modern start? Well. Yeah, you know, when you when you pull the names out of you know the names that you would draw back, you know, before Greg and before so is old era is old, and after post Shark is modern. So Adam, so from two thousand onwards, are you saying? Yeah. I've got one person that um, it would be so far ahead; it'd be frightening. Kari Webb. <laughs> okay, Kari Webb in yep. my mind is outside of Greg Norman is 
easily the best Australian golf of golf Australia's ever produced. Okay, but my question was more so when we were doing seven hundred and seventy five, which is Yeah, like that's what I mean. Three, How far four, down? Four or five years down the track. Maybe more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seven thousand and seventy five. Yeah. Um will will he be will he potentially be the one? I don't know. Would you would, know. would you put fifty on it now? No. No. Well, even to get to Jason Day, he he's still got a stretch. His two of his wins have been at the Pairs tournament, with one with Leash and one with um what's his name? Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on. I've got it here. In so, and that's what I was getting at. You know, is, yeah. he, is he gonna be better than Jason? Is he gonna be better? Jonas Jonas Blix. Jonas Blix. Um <laughs> he definitely can. He's his trajectory is on easily. But yeah, like Jason Day was number one for what, twelve months? Yeah. Ish. Actually just over. And yeah. and that period of time he dominated. You know, he won like four or five times in yeah. like this, you know, from the PGA or it's like the middle of 2015 yeah. through to the end of 2016, the 18-month 18 18 run, he was like unstoppable. I think he won five, six times, world number one, won a major, won a players. Yeah. So, and that's only in a small window. Like if it's in another five years, you know, does he, he would need to churn out at least one major. Whether or not he makes number one in the world or not, it's kind of as long as he stays in that sort of top bracket and wins a heap of heap more times. Like yes. if he wins another ten, wins a major, then maybe. But then again, you're putting it up against people will start to go, well, who did he play against and all this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and number one at the moment, it's good and bad in that number one in the world is not the same as it was. You need to hold on to number one in the world for a solid six months in my book to be a world number one. This week, really hard. I, I reckon there was a stat where it was like, if Ram had a finished in some missed the cut, whatever it was, any of Morikawa, Hovland, Cantlay, or Scheffler could have been number one at the end of this week. Scott Scheffler, he hadn't won a tournament two months ago. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's great that it's really even, but it's like, yeah, but. Mm. Yeah, it's not, not the same. The talk about Jason Day, Jeepers, if he didn't, you know, have that dodgy, dodgy back, back and vertigo, and yeah. oh, look, I know, I know people give it to him for him. For oh, the vertigo was actually stuff, before the before the run. Mm. Yeah, but if you think about how many things he's, he's had afflictions, and then like, and it's 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 terrible. His mum's passed away mm. in the last couple of weeks. He was starting to come, you know, yeah. you could feel he was coming back a bit, and it'll be interesting to see how he plays in the next next sort of few months. It'd be great to see him go on a uh, run just, yeah, at, at Augusta. Right. Oh, it'd be so good. Yeah, love to see Jason Day. You know, he, he, you you reminded me that he he was was is very 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 good Australian golfer, um, and has done very and, very and well. Again, he's another one with a short game. Very Cam Smith. Well, Cam Smith has a very Jason Day short mm. game. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I still remember the stat. I think it was during the players, and um, I think it was the ninth hole, and he's chunked one he's hit a terrible one there hit it close and he's hold like a six or seven footer and i think they've gone oh he hasn't missed a putt inside three feet he's like hold like 787 three footers three foot and under he's like 737 to zero i wouldn't be at seven let alone 700 (laughs) and people get there and they think oh you know you know it's three foot no Go, go and go, go and put one down three foot and see how many you can hold in yeah, a row. Not not flat, 
dead no. straight three foot. No. There's some that move around a fair yeah. bit where you're almost yeah. playing a couple of put it, put it on a little outside. bit of a slope and then just put four pegs around and go just round the world and yep. see if you can hold 700 of those suckers. <laughs> Good luck. Yep, absolutely. Or you could use Brad Kennedy's uh, perfect, uh, <laughs> perfect one putt. Great tool. There you go. Um, that's not an endorsement. Uh, but what is an endorsement? Um, can we move on from the players? That's a great uh, 48 minutes Definitely. worth of uh, digestion. For, well, Very well done. Great statsmanship from you, uh, Mike. And um, how many weeks until we start getting prepared to listen to this? Now. I was going to say, I, I play at most nights before bed. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? I'm going to change my, my ringtone now. Darth Vader's out the door and in, come, in comes the, the gentle tones. It's, it's about uh, three weeks away, I think. It's not far. Uh, Captain, Captain. Here, we, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's already done it. Oh, dear. Uh, at least we make each other laugh. Uh, if, uh, if you are still hanging around by the 48-minute <laughs> mark and you are laughing, you're sick like us. Um, okay. We've, got, we've Just, got the Valspar this week. We've got the match play in Texas. Uh, same week, alternate is the Corrales Punta Canta Championship. Then we've got Valero, then the Masters. So... Four weeks. Okay. We'll talk about some of those in two seconds, just as a way of interlude and a little bit of self-promotion. Um, not that I do much of that. Released a new video today uh, on the Drummer Golf YouTube channel. If, ever, if anyone could go across to that and just like that video, you would be helping me uh, out immensely. Drummer Golf YouTube, whole hell, heap of great stuff over there. On Oakley Eyewear and the importance of wearing eyewear on the course, why you should consider wearing uh, eyewear not just any eyewear, but Oakley eyewear on course. Great video. I put a lot of effort into it. It had about, when you watch that video and you see it, it's about eight minutes long. Behind the scenes of that, it's just me. There's no cameraman. Uh, there's, I think I did take one at Spring Valley Golf Course. Uh, maybe did take two down at Mornington Golf Course. And then take three was at a golf course, which won't be won't be named. Um, but uh, there's a fair, there you go, Rocket's got his Oakleys. They're the Rockets, blue. They're, Rocket, not, they're not the Rocket, prism. Rocket's doing some welding. <laughs> Uh, Rocket, you, you can wear it. You can borrow a set of the prisms for the Barnboogle trip, trip, the new ones that are that, oh, that shape. These are the OG M frames. Yeah, they are the OG M frames with the bluegrass, bluegrass, uh, blue um, plutonite lens. The the lenses of technology's moved on substantially, and now the the prism lens, which has got a special blend of um, rose coloured dye. Feel like I should be in the Grateful Dead or something. You, you look like oh, it. Um, those those glasses will be very handy. Tuned in, tuned in for the greens, the browns, the uh, the golf course. So they really do highlight the definition. I'm um, talking about Ricky Fowler. It was reported that he improved his strokes gains putting by using open glasses. Anyway, if you could mm. like the video over there, that'd be great. Um, but there is one more important message. Um, bit of it's not housekeeping. It's nothing. It's just a a message of of congratulations and um, and well wishes to my good friend, one of the great men of the AFL community, Sam Doherty. The doc is back. In October last year, and you you, meant, you heard me uh, talking about my round with Sam Doherty, it was the first round out of lockdown. He and I played 18 holes of golf down at Peninsula Kingswood. He had just finished uh, one of his rounds of chemotherapy, and he, you know, with, with the greatest of respect to what he was going through, he looked like it. He was 65 kilos. He was no muscle. He had a patch on his arm which had, you know, intravenous tubes going into his chest cavity where, you know, the chemotherapy was being passed on another medication passed through and he was out there playing golf and couldn't wait to get back out there. And, you know, six weeks after that, we had another game. We've had about four or five games of golf since and the last of which was last Thursday with he and a couple of his other uh, colleagues. 
And just to see the transformation of the young man and just to see him AFL ready in terms of body size. And I know Sam's body size shape his muscle definition because I ogled his immense quadriceps and glutamus maximuses uh, on a regular basis uh, in an athletic way. Um, it's just ama- amazing. And it's, it's just amazing in itself. But, you know, when you think about that, how much work he's done, you know, like in five months, I think about five months about losing three kilos and I get the shivers, you know, and to see what he's done in five months to transform himself from, you know, coming out of that recovery and putting getting himself into to take on the rigors of AFL. And they're all big boys. I met one of the other Carlton players yesterday that came in for a shot for nine holes, Jesse Fisher. Now, he's a young fella from Western Australia. You watch him play footy, he's one of the little small... Inside guys, quick, you know, you know Jesse Fisher. He's actually big. You know, these guys are big, and uh, and Sam's got TV, TV does not do them justice, mate. Jesse Fisher, the little guy, he's massive, and to see that Sam's ready to get back out there and to be put himself in preparation, in place for selection, and get selected to take on Richmond. Um, Sam, you're a bloody legend. You're a great fella, and uh, you deserve all of the uh, success. And um, congrats, mate. Well done, and have a great game. As an Essen supporter, go Doc. Oof, sorry, Oof. Carlton Essendon. I don't know. Doesn't sit. Doesn't sit well. If, doesn't if you, sit well. If you're not, if you're not from, um, you know, AFL Mad uh, Melbourne, or you know, you don't have any um, the insight into the AFL. You know, Sam had uh, two battles of testicular cancer, but the message that he would want me to share, other than you know, outside of him saying me saying great work, he wouldn't care about that. He would just say, just tell everyone, the men, obviously. To check themselves out, and if they have any, your hands already down there. Just give it a little bit of a, just give it a bit of a roll between the fingers. If there's anything that you need to do, is just check that out. And if there's any worry, just go and get checked out because, um, you know, if the plums aren't soft and plump, there's something wrong. Um, so yeah, and uh, tomorrow's golf is with uh, we switch coach tomorrow, uh, gents, and we uh, head over to Spring Valley and we get to see um a Wallaby in action, uh, Reese Hodge and uh, a couple of other Rebels boys. So uh, we'll be taking uh, them on, and um, I'll be handing them a right and royal uh, mile of golf hiding. Good. Thank you. Good. That's all the announcements I've got. Um, what's next? The Valspar. Yep. Valspar this week. The Darva Lake has been run because I had nothing else to do today outside of do this and to prepare. It's a funny week. A lot of players are going there. I'm looking at players that didn't make the cut at the players as a priority just because as much as I love Justin Thomas and he stacks up really well, he's had a very, very, very long week and now he's got to jump in the car and shoot up the road and do it all again. I'm, I'm just not confident they can see out the four rounds. I'd rather take someone who's had a little bit of a rest. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of guys playing. Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, Morikawa, Shoffley, Rusty Knox is there again, Keegan Bradley, Victor Hovland. How did um, Mr. Casey, Popeye, um, English Casey. Popeye, ca- Paul, come out in the data lake because he's won he has, yeah. So he stacks up about 23rd overall on my list, um, but he's much higher than that in the odds. Um, but he he's done very well here. Yeah, correct. So he's he won two times ago. Two two or three. He's won back-to-back, did he? No, I don't think it was back-to-back. I think he finished close. In if the... He's had he's had some good – yeah, I can't remember the he won the – one was the first one where Tiger had contended when it, yep. on his return and he won that one. I think he finished quite high up on the – when he was defending. Hmm. 
Well, he, he, and he finished third this week, obviously. So there'll be a lot of people very keen on him. It'll be funny because when people look at it, they'll be looking at who went really well last week. They go well here. I'm picking them. And I'm going to go the exact opposite way and say, well, if they played really well this week and they were there for five, six days, um, I'm going to steer clear. And I think there'll be a lot of withdrawals. So just keep your eyes peeled if you are putting your tips in. Um, What's shaking out of the data lake? I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley. And he had a very Herbie-like um, event at the players. He literally just could not get through the, the – I think it was the ninth. I think it was the ninth or the 18th. I think he dropped about eight shots on the one hole uh, over two rounds, and he missed the cut by two. So um, I'm happy to take him. He had a really good run before that. You know, he had a third at Phoenix and 13 at the Genesis. He's never been here, but, yeah, he's going to be my pick. Um, but there's a million people you can pick, like I said. Hmm. I'm not ready to announce a pick. I ha- I need to, you know. It's early. It's I, very early. I'm a day, you know, as, as I said, the circadian uh, podcast rhythm is out of whack, being it's a Tuesday night. Uh, I, I don't mind the Tuesday night, to be fair, but uh, let's see if we can get a little bit earlier. But anyway, it doesn't. We'll, we'll talk about that uh, in an unplanned offsite meeting. Um, offsite okay. sounds like we need to wear hard hats and high vis <laughs> or something. that's for when you take us to the king island cheese factory tour when we go and play and take the uh, meeting uh to king island i'm i'm probably be over there in the next month or so we're talking about that today okay okay rocket you've got a tip already or not uh i think i want to go and look at the last sort of three years and kind of yep because um yeah my last couple of weeks my tips have hurt me so i need to I'm probably going to be swinging from the fences on the outside to just try and find someone to to bring some shekels back into the into the kitty. Yeah, well, I'll be doing the same. Any, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> hey, just proves who's on top. Who's on top? Anyway, Mike, you you'll come back. Don't worry, Mike. You you will come back. There's a long way to go, Mike. Don't worry. If there's one thing I know for a fact, as a I'll call myself a professional golf gambler, picking winners in golf is hands down the hardest thing in the world to do and the horse people talk about there's nothing close to being able to to get on a regular basis with this nothing nothing like it i can pick five every week and the odds of me getting a winner once a month would be slim well it's like i used a lot of the the same sort of methodology as i did sort of last year and last year i had a run where i think i picked three out of four weeks Mm. and then this year um, some of my players are barely making the cut. Well, in the pics I've post up on the Twitter account, I think we have, I haven't had a winner in about four weeks, I want to say. But you get them all around. Like one of the guys that I picked this week was like Berger and he was in the mix for a long time. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I would never have had Cam, so I don't feel bad about that. Um, but this week will be a tricky week because all the data will point to the guys that I don't want to pick purely on the gut feel that they're going to be tired. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I think the data will only get stronger as the season goes on. Uh, well, just to give you some credit for your tips to Rooney, uh, tipsman, tipsmanship, uh, Hammertow, when we take the podcast up to the Hunter Valley, up into home turf, uh, Hammertow will buy you a, uh, a beer or, or a uh, drink of your choice and he'll get uh, Rocket a Southerly Buster um, and me uh, an alcohol-free of, of my choice as well. Um, to thank you, Mike, for your um, tip into uh, uh, Hoagie uh, a few weeks back there, which he... He yep. was able to capitalise on... Um, that's right. He did say that, yeah. Yeah, young Hoagie. So he was very grateful of um, not only the driver that's coming up his way, uh, but also um, Hoagie as well, the Hoagie tip. Hoagie. What a name. What a player. Hoagie. Is he going to... He, he had... Uh, was it... Yeah. He played okay this week. I'm pretty know. sure he did. 
to be honest. I'd never heard of him. <laughs> Tom Hoagie, yeah. Happy tables. Um, okay. Uh, the ladies, uh, Nana Mads Kurtzton uh, won the LPGA event in uh, Thailand. Well done to her. Um, Pablo Larrabal, uh he won uh, the... Um, DP World Tour event over where was that played at? Um, was that South Africa? South Africa, yeah. yeah. Uh, and good luck to Gabrielle McDonald this week. Um, the LET tour gets uh, well, it's already underway, but um, it moves to uh, Saudi Arabia uh, for the Aramco at the um, whatever that course is where they play. The so Royal Greens. Royal Greens, that's it. Um, so the LET is in full swing, and uh, Gabrielle is representing the Mile of Golf over there on the LET tour. I'm sure she doesn't know that, but she's um, just been appointed uh, official LET tour ambassador. I think I saw Steph Kiriakou playing as well. Yeah. Without a correction, you were right, Mike. Casey was back-to-back. Was it 18, back-to-back? 18 and 19. There you go. Because 18 was, sometimes 18 was the data like Sometimes yeah. the data like has little errors in there that I find down the track. 19, that 19. What did, did it say what he shot in the last round? I think I think I remember watching that. He was on fire. Yeah, he was... Uh, 65 it, and 18. Yeah. It, it, uh, he went I on think. a stretch there where he was bulletproof. And 19, he shot 65. Oh, hang on. I'm looking at the wrong tab. No, it was 65 in 2018. That was the one where it's a pretty good leaderboard, actually. I've made my tip. Paul Casey's my man. Just because I like the oh. old guy, like the old guys, and I don't mind Paul Casey. So, uh, and he's obviously performed here. And he's- oh, how about his break on six? Unbelievable! Oh my Did God. you see that, Ross? No. Oh the my The whole we played the par five, the first oh. six that sixteenth hole. Yeah, Rocket will take it from here. <laughs> but the one I so the one so I he's the, yes. uh, oh, yeah. so he's eleven under, and he's is he one back? At one back, time? I think. One yeah. back playing with Cam. Playing with Cam on 16, and he's absolutely hit a missile, absolute missile up 16, landed in the fairway, it's rolled, rolled past the heap of divots and rolled into a pitch mark, a ball pitch mark, flush. And so it was like three, it was like a quarter, a third buried. Hmm. Wasn't yeah. allowed to take relief. Had no. to hit it as it lied. No. Not his pitch mark. Not a divot. An actual pitch mark. Flush. As soon as it went in, though, and I'm not, you know, I don't, I know as many rules as I can know, but as soon as it went in, even I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> He's, and every other day they've played, also the first two days they've played lift, clean, and place. And then the final round, and that happens to the bloke. <laughs> so you can't, you can't, never can't go seen. for the green in two. He was in pole position to go for it in two, and then chop one down and lay up. I've never seen anything like it in my no. life. It's funny how many times you watch the TV and you've got 130 golfers playing for two days and they get to day three and they're all kind of laying up or hitting from the same spot or there's a gathering area and you see divots on divots on divots and pitch marks filled and everything and you just watch the ball as it rolling and it somehow always just misses. And I sit there and go, how does it always just miss? And then every now and then it's the wrong guy gets 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 a bad break and it might roll into the you know the yep. the, the 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 front end of the divot yep. not yep. the back like no. right at the front yep that, oh, is, that was that, a shocker that is a bit harsh rolling into someone's clear pitch mark and yep. yeah oh and it's oh, if you just watch I'll post I think I'll find the picture I'll find the footage <laughs> and it's one of those ones where you just watch it and then it's like you hear the commentators go oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happened with uh, your guy, 
um, Danny Berger, and he got into a bit of a stoush um, for same hole. Yeah, same uh, hole. Same hole. Yeah, same yeah. hole. So he's playing with um, mother mother man Jolly D, yeah. um, who took task to Sung Jang Kang on on a drop. So you don't want to mar- uh, mess with Jolly D. And then you got the most passive man on the planet, Victor Hovland, and Berger had hit one, and they were arguing about where it crossed. And Berger was saying, no, it's up here because mm. I hit it here and whatever it was. And yeah. both Joel and Victor went, nah, nah, it started righter of that than where yeah. you thought and it didn't cut as much as what you said. And there's all sorts of arguments in there and they were just adamant and they kind of came to a compromise on on where they – so it's where Berger said and where they said. They kind of went in the middle. Mm. And, um, and I think Berger did, even though his interview sort of – he put on the brave face. The way he shook his hand, shook the hands when he walked off the 18th, was a little bit um, pissy moany. Yeah, I think. And look, I don't think he's someone that'd be taking the P15S. I think it's just no. He especially when he's also he's a he's a he's a, a rules hawk. When yeah, at TPC he was following um, Patrick Reed into the trees. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> to watch him take drops. I think he just. I think he just honestly believed that it, it didn't cross where it crossed, and yeah, the other exactly. guys were like, "No." We, and look, they're they're both the, the both of those guys will just stand up for what they think, and it just yep. came across. Yeah, there's a little bit yep. of a kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and the, and the thing is that when you're standing where they were, and they they've seen the shot before he hits it, they've actually got a really good line of sight because they can watch the ball in the air. Versus if you're hitting it, then all of a sudden you're looking up where is it, what line is it started on, yep. and it's your own ball, right? You're always going to have a little bit of bias in there, and, and at least they found a bit of common ground. Yeah, oh. yeah, and it cost him. I think he made he made a he had a part part which he could well he should have made. I won't say should probably eight ten feet, but he missed that and made bogey. So it didn't cost him you know three four shots. It was just yeah. you hit one in the water and you only lose one shot. That's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, well, listeners, I'll put my golf rules questions cap on here as a former co-host, or not former, just a resting co-host. Um, there's only one way to identify the, or determine the rules, and that's the right way. Not the right way, compromise by in the wrong way. So there's the right way, the wrong way. Do you just stick to doing it the right way, and um, and you'll always be right on the right side of the rules. Don't break them. They're there for a reason. Um, not saying that they did, but anyway, the rules are the rules. Enforce the rules and play by the rules. Well, and the thing is that when you're picking out a line for where it crossed a hazard, it is always going to be subjective. Mm. Yeah, especially with the way it, it, I mean, it was a, it was a fade off into the water. So yeah. at, where it straightened and where it took a right-hand turn and then the depth perception of three different people. And I don't know that Victor was really watching as much as it sounds like Joel was. Um, yeah. Basically, I, I think basically yeah, the, the, the principle maybe not applies to this and Blake will correct, but you know, with with a high degree of certainty, like ninety five percent certainty that you know that that's the point that it's crossed, or, or that it's lost in in that particular area, or it's in lost in the GUR, for example, you know, like that sort of scenario. It's like got to be almost in you know that you can't argue the fact that it's definitely in there, and everyone has to agree that within the highest degree of ninety five percent of plus certainty that it's in there or lost there or went out there. Um, that's basically, you know. Yeah. I think the problem, the big, the problem was that Berger was adamant that it crossed ballpark 50, 60 metres further towards the green mm. than what 
they were saying Damon you know, big, big discrepancy. Yeah, yeah they, it wasn't they, close. Don't they call the TV and, and call they called the they called the rules official in and he said, "Look, we didn't see it any better than you guys. You guys need to figure out yeah, where it was. Sort your shit out. Yep, yeah. fair enough. Uh, well, that's what they have to do more often, um, more so as well. These um, pro players they need to sort their stuff out. Uh, gents, I think we'll we'll call it a night there. What do you reckon? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Ready to go. Ready uh, to ready to watch another golf tournament starting in you know forty eight hours. Beautiful. Um, a couple of weeks away from our offsite. Uh, looking forward to um, the presentations, the the preparation for the meetings, um, the discussions. Um, the pre- I'm preparing. I'm preparing on Sunday. Uh, I'm at Thirteenth Beach Beach Course. So that'll be my preparation. Okay. Played. You've obviously played there several times before the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Lots. I will enjoy lots that. Lots. Enjoy that, Rocket. What are you going to do to get prepared? <laughs> you haven't played a lot of golf. You're coming in underdone. I don't know. You'll be right. Have another, have another lovely buster or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just get wait till it gets really windy. Go stand on the beach and like throw twenty golf balls in the in the in the in, into the water. That that'll be yeah, exactly what will be happening. At I, I, probably, I probably just need to find a way to range or somewhere and hit some rocks. Just uh, hit some rocks. Not buying this rocket. I'm not buying this when, at all. When was not he's going to turn, turn up in <laughs> peak <laughs> performance? Oh, what about if we just play for oh, what five hundred holes? That yeah. okay, guys? Oh, no worries, rocket. Thanks, <laughs> mate. T- get get worried when rocket pulls out the rocket balls three wood. Yeah. <laughs> Like, the RBZ. It, it's like a little X. No, I got I got rid of that. Oh, did you? What, what have you got? The M M six or something? Uh, no, no, the M four. M four. It's it's like an Exocet missile launcher. It's just. Um and and then he'll have the factor, the emotional factor of being on home turf. When was That's the last, true. When was the last time you were on home, home turf? Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. So, Strokes gained um, home state. Exactly right. That's my point. Okay. <laughs> so, Strokes gained memory lane. That's it. We'll get off the plane at Launceston. They'll be like, oh, good day, Rocket. And they'll be like, hey, what's exactly. going on here? Yeah, <laughs> there'll be signs. Yeah. Welcome, home, <laughs> welcome home, Rocket. Ticket tape parade. The plane will land and they'll have the, the, the uh, firing. <laughs> the water cannons going across. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, it must be late on the Tuesday night. Um, gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, we're looking forward with the countdowns on. Uh, we will see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And please uh, check out the video over at uh, the YouTube channel and um, help us get to the Fromage Fest uh, quicker. The fromage, the fr- if we, we might actually be on Tassie, in Tassie when, when... That's all right. When, no matter what, and I don't care if it, what we need to do when it ha- does happen. It won't be the one fiftieth person because I hate when people do that. Right? Yeah. When it, can we get a? Can you see who the people are? We'll figure out a way to do it so that if if any, everyone goes in, Look, we're going to have a big we're going to have a big thing for cheese. Oh, I don't care if they're in Ireland, Scotland, the US. I'll send them something. Really? Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, speaking of Ireland, uh, another, another shout out to um, Shane Darby, uh, Firm and Fast podcast, um, rocketing up the charts. If you want to know about Don, uh, golf and the best golf in Donegal, the best golf in Donegal is at St Patrick's Links, uh, part of the Rosapenna um, 
group of courses out there in uh, Rosapenna in Donegal. Uh, Frank Casey Jr. and the, and the Casey family uh, launched their Rosapenna links, rocketed into the world top 100 courses very, very rapidly. A dope design over what could be the best piece of golf land in Ireland. Uh, Shane did a great podcast with... Um, Clyde uh, Johnson from uh, Renaissance Design and also Frank Casey Jr. Very good. Go and listen to it. Okay, we'll see you next time on the My Love of Golf podcast. See you next week, guys.